Okay, we're discussing last night the Medrash. If you look on page two of your copy, the Mechilta brought down a Sim Bosne Yeshua. So, Rabbi Lezer, Madai Aimer, there were four tzaddikim who had a remez, and two of them took the remez. Lashon over here, Shnayim Chashu, Shnayim Lo Chashu. So, you don't know when you start reading this Medrash, is this a taina on the two that didn't? Chashu Kamin didn't listen. It's an odd word for listening. Lo shamu, lo yadu, lo avinu, lo chashu sounds like they sort of understood there could be a remez over here, but they didn't delve into it. And I say that, you'll see why in a moment. Uh, it's not a taina on them. I have to explain why. David Amalach, with the Maisa de Ari and the Dave, understood he had hidden kaychus, as he used later to save Klaes from Goliath. And, of course, Mordechai Tzadik understood Esther was there, or might have been there, Shema. She was there for a reason, waited five years, and then found out. The two that didn't take the rem is Meshur Rabbeinu, Simba, Ozne, Yoshua, that if Yoshua is receiving the instructions how to fight Muhammad against Amalek, it must be he is taking them to Israel, not Meshur Rabbeinu. And yet, the Medrash says, Meshur Rabbeinu only fully realized because as he's about to enter, he was told loy with an aleph and he davened kamini veschan and it didn't work, but all that happened at the very end. So, that's the lochosh. The question is why. Yaakov Vinu worried Shem Yigam Achet, even said that I am with you, Shamaticha. That needs Hezbo, why that's considered a remez, that's pretty beferish. But I want to show you, first go to page three in the footnote of number two at the bottom. Doesn't explain what the chilik is. If you're looking for Ganai, which is not a good idea to do in a medrash anyway, Chazal have a cloud that whenever there's a confirmed Russia, we dash in everything Ganai. And it's a confirmed Tzaddik, we dash in everything Lishvach. And we don't gloss over, not only don't we gloss over the mistakes, we actually highlight them. We can't figure out half the time what the Averas are. But over here, Moshe Rabbeinu had a remez, or the possibility of understanding and doing something about the remez. It sounds like Hoshu is that he, with a little focus, would have understood it and chose not to. question is why. So he has a very interesting shot in this footnote. Ulai Nita and Laimer, this is not Rav Desla, this is the editor. Mordechai was the manig and he was hush for it because he realized, even though it was a personal thing, that Esther, who is a daughter, adopted daughter, his wife, both, and he felt a loss and he felt a personal tragedy, but he also understood as the manig, there's a reason why this happened, and he felt he had a chiv to think about it and try to interpret it because it's a decision that's nagea to the klal. It was something very personal that happened to him. Nobody saw it. It was in some random field and he was attacked by the lion and the bear. But he understood then he had no idea then he was going to be king. But he understood that there must be a reason and it's not that he could use his physical strength in some other area. It must be for the sake of the klal. That was David Melech and Mordechai Tzadik. Mashain Ken Yaakov Amesha Yaakov had this remez, more than remez, it was avtocha, but due to his anivas and his sitkus, he realized that because it's up to him, maybe he didn't 
reach the bar that he was supposed to, and uh, he's going to be blamed for it. He felt he wasn't up to it, and that was his personal anivas, and he didn't think he had a right to worry about it because he realized, did you ever notice uh, Yom Narayim? It's in yeshiva, the klal always was, that those you think have least to worry about were crying the most. The higher madrega, the more you realize what you have and the kalim that you have and the shash and the fear that because those kalim might have fallen short. And that's good. And therefore, he wasn't chash, meaning he didn't take it seriously in terms of assuming the aftach was in the bag because it wasn't, because shami yigamachet is a real possibility. It happens to be by Yaakov, you know, it wasn't true. And he was saved anyway. But the chash, according to many in the measure, he was not criticized for it. Some say he was criticized that he shouldn't have made an overture to Esau because he started up and then Esau noticed him and came. And it wasn't necessary. But the midah is certainly an important midah. Amosha. He understood there was a Rambus here, but he didn't have to stop being cheshish for it and being proactive because that was his problem, so to speak. Kleisro is going to be in good hands. And Moshe Rabbein himself, Davin de la please make sure they have a leader and they need somebody who's going to understand them. And he was always worried about the Klal and he wasn't worried about himself ahead of time. Thomas had no, no time to focus on himself, and it didn't bother him. That's why he was on a Mikol Adam. He was all about, what can I do for Klai Yisrael? Machenina Mitzvah is also uh, an example. Not worried about himself at all is an understatement. He was willing to sacrifice everything for it. Then, when it came to at the end of his life, so then, we're choosing a leader, so he first asked, maybe it's my children, that's the din, Nepotism, which is used as a bad word in society, is actually a chiv most of the time, if they're barachi. And the chiddush over there was the Yeshua Benun edged them out because of his special Messiah's nefesh. The Havamina wasn't wrong. That means his children were holding. And then he himself wanted to go and take to Israel, and he was even willing, when one Medjish, I'll go as a private citizen. But all that came up at the very last moment. If he got the Rambis, why did he worry about it before? The answer is, it's not about him. And he's not going to start davening when Klai Yisrael needs his tefillahs and his focus somewhere else. So according to this pshat, I think it's a beautiful pshat, that the Medrash is saying, lo chash, because they were Klai people and they felt it was only nugget to them personally, they didn't have a right to start working on it. It's a fascinating idea. He sums it up, go to the top of this page, on page 3, on uh, the second paragraph. Now, Ellie, we uh, were addressing what you were bringing up last night. Uh, we don't have an exact formula. We're not going to. On when to take a remez, but we do have at least a clue that if we went through the decision-making process and we're being honest with ourselves, we asked the right shaylas and we got the right adrocha from the right people, we weren't trying to skirt the issue, then the fact that there's a remez as a Heksha temple shouldn't be surprising, even on our Madrega. And the fact that sometimes the strong rem is, this is where it gets tricky, not to do it. Yaakov, you were asking us night, well, if you figured everything out, then it's al Locha, so maybe the rem is not to do it as Yetzirah. And the answer is, yeah, maybe. And therefore, you don't let yourself get thrown off track so quickly because the Ramah seems to be telling not to do it. The Yetzirah might be throwing roadblocks, so you shouldn't do it. 
and we think we spoke out that Vama Gaia and Megillus Rus says that Mummy saw that she was really serious and really sincere when she couldn't even keep up with her and Rus was half her age because as soon as she made a decision to come, she got tired. That ever happened to anybody here? When you want to learn, all of a sudden, you know, you were having a lively conversation and all of a sudden you open the Gemara and uh, all of a sudden there's like a fog. Did you ever notice that? Does that mean, well, it's a rem is a shamayim and maybe I shouldn't be learning Gemara. Maybe I should think of the conversation. No, that's called the Yetzirah. What? Yeah, yeah. It keeps coming back like a bad penny or a bad zvuv. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so if it's a hesher stamp and you know you're doing the right thing, then that's a schus and it'll give you chizik. And yes, everybody needs chizik, even davar melech. Uh, if it's the other direction, it could be telling you something, but be very careful with that because then you have to be chesher for the eight Sahara. And that's sort of Desla is concluding. He has the pasuk. Which means they are not looking with their eyes, not using their eyes. Their eyes are covered. And their seichel is not being used because they're meshuchid. And they're under the sheichid of the Yetzirah. She brings this down. What's the smichas aparshis between... Shlach and the Maisa Miriam of the Lashon Hara, which was, we're still wondering, Lashon Hara, Litaelis, Lashem Shemayim, she loved her brother, and she, Lamaisa, it was not necessary. It was just wrong in the facts, and she could have, she was Namajega, she could have figured it out. So that's Lashon Hara and the Chumish, which she got uh, very punished for, and um, goes down in history as a tremendous Sadekis that she, besides all the other things she did, saving Moshe Abed and saving Kal Yisrael, and and helping out the, everything that's going on in the Midbar, the fact that she went through such an Einish Bifneam Ve'eda, and the whole world knew about it, and she didn't get, as we'd say, I don't want to use the Lushan by Miriam uh, Anavia, but we would get very bent out of shape. Can you imagine? Ah, I got an Einish the whole world has to know about it. It has to be printed in Chumash, Lederi Deris. But Miriam, not only her godless, I think, shows more by the Einish and the reaction or lack thereof than. Uh, than the actual fact that she never spoke any other Lashon Hara at all because we can't figure out necessarily why this is Lashon Hara. It's hard to figure out. And the lesson to be learned over there is next to Shlach, she had suffered There was a strong Shashal Samaraglim and they'll talk Lashon Hara about Lashon Hara. So I'm going to teach them what Lashon Hara is and how serious it is. So Hashem sent a strong remez before you send Maraglim. This is the Maisa right before to know how serious Lashon Hara is. Be very careful. They'll look at the Einish. But if you don't want to take the Ramez because it's not easy to handle, then you won't see it. And that's why the Pasuk is applied from Raglim that not only do they speak Lashon Hara, but they talk Lashon Hara on the heels of the Maisa of Miriam. Go now to your next copy, which I didn't give out yet, so if I can have two volunteers. Yes. Who was that? The general, the yeah. Right? The actually uh, kept sending out signs and arrows, and they kept pointing to Yushalayim. And he said, uh, it's pretty from talk for such a Russia. He said, I know a Baruch who wants me to destroy Yushalayim, and then he's going to punish me. And he didn't want to go. So was that? No. 
No, that's another. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so was that right? You're asking, is that right or wrong? Is that what you're asking? Well, but he says over here that Rishayim don't take, they don't, they don't listen to their Muslim. Yeah, they don't. And Lamai said he didn't. Did he go at the end or didn't he? He gave a tshuva. What? Yeah, but. He did go at the end. So he didn't take the remez. <laughs> You're saying he was chayshin for the remez. What? Yeah but, yeah, but the person who destroyed the base image wasn't. What? I don't, well, there, there are a couple of different stories. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who did, was, uh, ended up destroying it. Right. Yeah. So Nero, they're two different mice. What? Yeah. Yeah, so. so but the mice, they came. The Romans came, and the first base said they, they all came at the end. Well, one didn't. One did true, okay. But, but the other ones came, so that's the difference between uh, now, that's an interesting example, by the way, because Lamaisa, uh, they were into Parsha Shemais now, so Pyro, the Mitzrayim, got punished, didn't get punished? Of course they got punished. Um, it says uh, Zigzera. So the two tracks in Mishayim are that they did too good a job, and they did it with too much Zerizus and too much Simcha, so they didn't do it to fulfill the Gzeira. And the other tribes didn't have to be them, and everybody always gets stuck. What do you mean it didn't have to be them? It had to be somebody. The answer is there's always enough for Shime around, unfortunately, to fill the job. It doesn't have to be you. So whether they saw, they knew about uh, Brisbane and Sarim, and they knew about the, the Gezeir and everything, that's a sign of Shemayim, but why not just step in? So have to be Shemayim hold. No, it didn't, doesn't mean you. It means it's going to happen. So even on that, you have to be careful. There could be a Ram as Shemayim. Something's going to happen. It doesn't, have, doesn't mean that's your job. So that's also part of, the, part of the mix. Take a look at the single page in front of you. I want to show you there's a very fascinating Bira Grom we were discussing in the first part of this piece, the using of the Kalim and the Yitzhaharas that you have and the purpose of life is in this Gabra and the Yitzhahara and to uh, apply the Kalim to the right things. The classic example was David versus Esav, both born at money and had this possibility, like the, I was born in the Red Planet, and the Bira Gra ties it in with a very famous pasuk. You see in the second column, the bottom paragraph, Ben Shana Shol B'Malch Hashem Shana Malch Al Yisrael. So Shol was a tzaddik gummer. Ben Shana Shol B'Malch doesn't mean he was a year old when he was selected to be king. It means he had the averus of a one-year-old, which means he was a tzaddik esaydelim. And yet he lost the malucha. Again, he goes to Elam Haba, paid for his mistakes, whatever they were. And the mistakes came from Anivas. This is a very this little paragraph is a very important synopsis of what we've been discussing. The contrast here is a class example. Here the contrast is between two tzaddikim. question is, why did David succeed and Shaul failed? He failed and not as a person. He went to Olam Haba, uh, the highest part in Olam Haba, but as a king in the job he was given, he didn't succeed. Um, the guy ties in with this Pasuk, the famous Chazal. For it looks like a lesser infraction. And David had two issues, and we just had the counting, and we had Basheva, and he retained the Malucha. He suffered. He had, he had an Irish, but he retained the Malucha. Why is that? What's the difference? So the stand-up shot is that Shoal's mistake was in the job of the Melech. Job of the Melech is to fight Muhammad Hashem, and he didn't fight Amalek, and he let the people push him around due to his anivis and his sitkus, but Lamaisa couldn't do the job. Uh, David had various mistakes, but they were personal in, in nature. 
that's the Pashat shot. What we're about to see here is not a steer to that. Zeshar Mushal Bachvul also love Dava B'shtayim also love Inyan who. When he first met him, he didn't think he could be king. As a matter of fact, he um, backed off in horror and he said, How can they hear? He can't even mean the running. He looks like Asaph. And David spent his whole life bending those Midas and conquering them and using them only to fight Muhammad Hashem and kill Basham. Interesting. So the guy says the reason he was forgiven, he didn't lose the maluchas, because since he was a marvel medesev, we usually look at marvel medesev. If somebody insults you, you forgive him. That it's also marvel medesev. But marvel medesev has a much wider application. It means all the midas you have, you have to bend, and it, it can be difficult. It can be painful sometimes. You have to take the eights of hers and take even the positive midas and bend them all in the right place at the right time and apply them to specific circumstances. And David managed to do that very well. So even though he made some mistakes along the way, the fact that he was marvel midasav in general, that was his tachas achayim, so he had more midas harachimim in there various that he did. There's a different terrace in the first terrace. The first terrace is it wasn't a din in the malucha. The guy's saying, I don't know, he's not negating the first trap, but he's saying the, the amkas over here is that David had to work harder to do what he did. So <coughs> this is classic Rav Dessler, is that you're here, you don't get a Yishakaya for what you're born with, you get a Yishakaya for raising the bar. And raising the bar often entails making serious change and working against Midas. People get very bent out of shape about this, is that what happened to Chanel Chanar Pidarka? Chanar means you, you develop these strengths also. But you can't ignore the weaknesses. The whole reason you're here is to be marvel al-midaisav. And that doesn't mean to smile and forgive the guy. That's one application. It's a little bit overused on that application. The guy says, no, it means changing the midas that don't come easy to you and that are difficult for you and making sweeping changes that takes a lifetime and to try to be as successful as you can. And David mastered that. David... Here He was he had the advantage of being born with very fine midas and the anivas is impeccable, and he couldn't step on an ant. David Melch, when he's born, could step on a lot of ants. And then some. So completely different resumes. And the problem is Shoals, interestingly enough. <laughs> Shoal's demand, the demand of Shoal, is now you've got to become king, and becoming king means putting your foot down and exercising authority and going to war. That was completely against his teva. Difficult. The difference is because the Navi told him. Because the Navi told him, you're king, you're it. So you're it means, okay, what does being king entail? It means you've got to be an honor in your heart and very forceful on many issues. Shoal never heard the word forceful on anything he did because of his gavaltic and And his job, which is a very difficult job, and to boot, he was from the wrong shavit. So he had a lot going against him, but it was possible to succeed, and he would have been, like the rabbit says, viceroy, he would have been the vice president, uh, prime minister, he would have retained some aspect of the maluch, he was going to shavit Yud anyway. But that's almost... It's almost painful. Like you have to, hey, here, you excel in this wonderful media, but you can put your foot down. There is a very, very famous tzaddik who excelled in balancing this more than anybody else. What was his name? It's coming up in the next four parshas. Moshe Rabbeinu. But he was a leader. He put down, he had people swallowed up, if you recall. 
He put his foot down when he had to. That's a very difficult balance. And it's not a tiny, uh, nobody else would have done it that much better besides David Melch. So it's not a tiny on Shaul. And Shaul, by the way, learned it very well, too little, too late. And Shaul spent a long time chasing after David to kill him. That's pretty forceful. Why did he do that? The answer is he was trying to do Chuvus Mishkal. So he's trying to figure out how do I, uh, he's trying to transform himself to Gabaldic. It was unfortunately, he had a very small window. And he actually had the wrong man because David was innocent and he wasn't trying to end his life or Malucha and he wasn't a Raydev. But you wonder why Shaul was so forceful in the issue. He's trying to fix up his earlier mistake of when he became king, they made fun of him the day of. Those people should have been arrested. To the Americans here, that might sound strange. How do you arrest people if they don't like the fact that you're elected? The answer is he wasn't elected. We just try to think that any good president has at least 78% of the people against him at any given time. Uh, which might be true in a, in a democracy, but we call that in halacha, Marie de Bamachus. But just got to get used to that idea because there will be a Melech Lassalav. I'm sure he'll be beloved by everybody except for the people that he has to tell them they're doing something wrong. But we have to get used to that idea when it's the right uh, tzaddik in charge. So Shaul didn't, uh, initially didn't handle that right in terms of what his avoid and bending was. And that's why he started off as a tzaddik, and the media that he had of Anivas are backing down. When it came to David, he had to use that, and he didn't use it. He chased him. So it ended up being a hapachu. Again, he dies a tzaddik, and, and he's up there in Olam Haba, but that was the challenge. That's why he lost Amlucha. So David, it's, it's scary to contrast David and Shaul to Tzadik Elam. But in terms of getting the job done of their kalim, they both had to harness their kalim. Shaul had possibly an even more difficult job, and I know that because if you recall, two nights ago, we mentioned that David Amalek got the terrible tidings of the three choices he had. Rashi said, because he said about Shaul that I'm not going to touch him, which was godless, and Hashem will either take him out in battle and he gave three choices. That was something David shouldn't have said. And the Medrash comments that had David been Shaul, don't try to figure the sound bite out in a line, they're very common. Had David been Shaul, he would have been lost quicker. Okay, so David wasn't Shaul. Okay, so that's the difference of Caleb and Neshama's in circumstance. But Shaul had a very difficult job, almost a more difficult job, according to that Medrash, than Shaul. But it was a job that was doable. And the sight of this guy is that you have your Caleb, and the fact that despite and to develop the positive, the fact that you're not good at certain things doesn't mean you could just say, well, I'm not good at this, and therefore I'll just work on the positive and ignore the negative, which is easier. You see from this guy and all the other Chazals that that's not necessarily what you're doing here, which is uh, something every individual has to figure out. If you go to the uh, next copy... Um, we're just going to, as you give it out, we have uh, a few minutes. If you go to page three, there are two other Marmachemists we have. We'll start seeing this tonight, the Mesa on Monday, finish this one and the next one. And I hope next week to start our next sugya, which we have two sugyas left from the Chukoseyam, Nichush, Mazel, small sections in Yeridea, I call them small. All these have one simon. We spent a year on Chukoseyam. We spent two months on uh, Nachash. Uh, we still have a Ksevis Kaka, which I think we're going to do after the next Sugi, even though it's the very next simon. 
I'm going to do it out of order because uh, it might be the small of the two, although you'll never know. You're saying it must be very small. Except it's tattooing. How no gay is that? You'd be surprised. And I'm not just talking about uh, the people you meet in uh, wherever you meet them. Uh, that's actually very Nagea. The one before that is the sugya of Lo Yobush and Lo Silbush, which is going to be a very exciting sugya. Unfortunately, a little bit too exciting for the contemporary scene. It's one simon. It's very complex and fascinating. So we're going to be on that next Amit Hashem after tonight and probably Monday. Uh, and we're going to uh, start at the beginning, and it's going to be an involved sugya, fascinating sugya. Also, one short simon, only a couple of gemaras. There's a lot to say, and it's very sad. There's almost too much to say. Uh, let's go to page three and the copies you have. Everybody have one, Sophie? You had enough? So two more applications of Kalim people have. This next one is a very unusual application, but it's per the items we were discussing in Chumash Bereshis, and the next one will be in Shemais, and that is the Shemes Hatuma. If you look in the middle of the page, on page three, uh, just the first line, he quotes the Pesach, he sent them off, the Bnei was sent off to the east for a world rampant with anti-Semitism. It's very ironic that most of the people in the world are claiming they're the real Jews. I always found that very ironic. Everybody can't stand us. And the, the book's written every, from the tribes in Africa to the Far East. Everybody has uh, roots they're claiming in the Arsas And here you have roots for B'nai That won't make them Jewish. B'nai the Ramam holds a Chayv and Mila, not Priya. Priya is a Lachma Shesina later from Yeshua ben Nun, given over to Yeshua ben Nun. But the Ramam says the Chayv and Priya, the Chayv and Mila, the Deri and they're all mixed up in the Arab world. And therefore, all the... Um, People in that area are Chayv and Mila, which is interesting because the Arabs happen to do Mila. They do it because they think Yishmael uh, was Metzuvah, which he was, but they think therefore they're Metzuvah, which they're not. But ironically, the Ramah says since B'nai Keturah mixed up with them, everybody's Chayv, which will give a heter to a practicing male to practice because we have a minute to try not to practice on an Akum to give an icebreast Kaidish and an Akum. It's not so Pashat. Not strictly also, but the place can discuss. Uh, it's not an Indian alpinister, not to. So that's a good population if they're interested. And well, that's what we were discussing this with him in Chamarev uh, last week, two weeks ago. Yasef did it to encourage Achenu B'nai Yisrael, his brothers and his nephews and his grandnephews and grand-grandnephews to not give up the mitzvah Mila because he knew it would be a Yetzirah to fit in as it was by the Yavanim. And he was right because it was a problem. It became a problem later on. So for that, you could do it. If you have a practical reason, uh, then uh, you have to save Klai Yisrael. So he did that. So the Bnei Keturah have this aspect going to the Ramam of Mila. Shittas Rashi is that it was only that generation because they were part of the household of Abba Avinu. But they're not Jewish. They went somewhere to the east. How far east? We don't know. What's interesting is the Pasuk says he gave them Matanus. What are the Matanus? So Rashi brings down, go to the bottom paragraph. Alnosan Avram Matanus, Kasav Rashi, Pirshu Abbasenu, Shem Tumo Mosalahem. So Mamish Asugya. So he gave them Shemus Tumor, Nichush, Kishuf. So if you remember at the beginning of the Sugya, we saw Taisis seem to be debating the issue whether it's one of their mitzvahs, not one of the Zion, but as you know, there are more than seven mitzvahs, but I know if you add up all the shitas. 
And there's Machlis Rishayinim whether they're Metzuvah. The assumption in most Rishayinim is that they're not Metzuvah. And this Rashi seems to substantiate that. Because Rashi says he gave them a gift. They were children. He wanted to send them off and he gave them a gift. No doubt the gift he chose was very Choshev, very important, and very practical. We have to figure out why. But it's clearly going with the Shittas that B'nai Noach are not Metzuva in Kishuf. That doesn't answer yet why Abmavinu picked that as a matana to give to them. Uh, somebody being sent away from the house, you would think they would like traveler's checks. Do they have those anymore? A credit card would be more contemporary. I don't know if they have traveler's checks anymore. Uh, credit cards seem to do the trick. Uh, you're looking in the back, you're smiling. Do you know what traveler checks are? They used to exist. I'm not, I'm not that old. Uh, so uh, credit cards or just a debit cards, something. It gave them Seamus Atumas. Even if it's Mutter, what we're Mr. Shem going to try to explain on Monday is why would he give them Seamus Atuma? Even if it's Mutter, is it good for them? Why Dafka of all the gifts you could think of? So there must be a very good reason why. And it's going to fit very well into Asugya, both from the Kishav side and the Kalim side. What do they need it for? Even if it's Mutter, and if for them Nachash and Kishav is Mutter, why was it something that's necessary? And we're going to go into that in Mr. Shem on Monday. Well, see, it could be dangerous, right? So that's what we're going to see. 